With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb, you know, our trusted partner, Tyrac.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Toyo Open Country AT3. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to Tyrac.com slash sports. Tyrac.com, that's the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every single day from the TireRack.com studios, TireRack.com. Hope you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, over 10,000 uh, recommended installers, TireRack.com. It's the way that tire buying should be. Uh, welcome in. Got an outstanding show for you. Did you? There's two things that have happened in the last 24 hours that I think are, uh, you know, like the Brad Beal story is interesting. Right? Well, I, I'm not going to request a trade, but like, look, if you guys are going to start over and you guys are going to trade away guys, like, ah, you could, yeah, I, I could, uh, I'll think about it. Right? So Brad Beal is going to be traded. Right. Uh, by the way, programming note tomorrow, and let's give credit words to Dan Beyer hooked us all up. We're going to the U.S. Open. Um, I'm actually going to get to play in a foursome. That's all because of Dan. Dan doesn't know that. I'm kidding. We get to go. We're going to the U.S. Open, broadcasting live from the L.A. Country Club tomorrow. Hmm. Hmm. So we'll be drinking, sipping our tea, right? <laughs> Making sure we have closed-toed shoes, baby. Yes. 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 Have to wear a polo and some golf pants. Some golf pens. But uh, we're going to the U.S. Open tomorrow. Uh, Buyer, uh, if you were going to uh, put a little cash, maybe of the $8 million that Michael Florio said one NFL player lost in gambling this last year, you can put a little cash on a golfer to win the U.S. Open at the L.A. Country Club, who would it be? I'm going to take a popular name that is flying a little under the radar, hasn't Mm. played great this year. Justin Thomas. Justin Thomas. Yes. Justin Thomas. Popular name, multiple major winner, but we hear a lot about Rom and Scheffler and Kepka, Rory, but uh yeah, we're going to we're going to take a little flyer. I think that would be good value. I don't know what his uh, odds are, but 
No, no, no love for is Max Homa in the in the. I in think field? there's too much talk about Max Homa because he set the course record there at the Pac-12 tournament ten yep. years ago. Yeah. Local boy, I think it's a lot of pressure. Is he from uh, LA? It feels like that's going to be the uh, Jerome Bettis yeah. Detroit yeah. sort of thing here. Yes, you know Max Homa's from LA, right? And uh, well, you know, and LA's so big, but it's in our uh, mine and Jason Stewart's neck of the woods. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Did you guys know that they're from LA? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we'll get to the Beal stuff. Martin Medina is going to join us. What does he join us? 30 after the hour, half past the hour or so? 25 after the hour? Uh, we also have a, we're going to debut, or debut, depending upon your pronunciation. We're going to debut That's Baseball. And it's one of my favorite things to do because um, when, it, the, the ter- when people say That's Baseball, it's like explaining the inexplicable. But in baseball, that's kind of part of the curiosity to the sport, right? Part of the the pleasure to the sport as well is the, you know, guy comes up and he's hitting below the Mendoza line and he hits for the cycle. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. That's baseball. Anyway, we got that's baseball upcoming in 15 minutes. Scott Mark Medina will talk about the potential trades. Could Damian Lillard be on the move? What about Brad Beal? And, oh, yeah, by the way, a question that I will pose to him, which I think is really pertinent, is I'm not willing to call the Nuggets a dynasty. I realized, like Bayer pointed out, they had a very easy run seed-wise to their first ever NBA championship. But all of the pertinent guys outside of Bruce Brown are under contract. I'm sure he's going to get re-signed and stay. They're very likely to be at least very competitive in the future. Does this change how you put together a roster. And I'll, I'll back that up as to why that's a legit question upcoming later this hour. But let's talk about the... Um, uh, in, in, when you're in Oakland, you're close to Berkeley. I mean, Berkeley basically part of Oakland. You, you know there was going to be some sort of protest. Right? Not a day goes by. My brother was at, at Berkeley at Cal as an assistant basketball coach for six years. And um, he's like, there's just always a protest over something. Matter of fact, I love this one. Do you guys know this story? They, they have an athletic performance center that opened a couple years ago. When he was there, they had all the funding. They'd raised the money. They had over $300 million set for this athletic performance center. But they couldn't break ground because in order to uh, break ground, they needed to cut down some trees. And you had people living in the trees. These were not redwoods that were over 100 years old. They were they were planted in like the 50s and 60s. But it's berserkly. And you had people live, literally living in the trees. And then, again, this is a real story. At some point in time, they got a court order to cut the food lines. To cut the food lines to try and get people out of the trees. So the people living in the trees, as a response, threw their poop. Threw their poop at people who were, uh, uh, who were trying to get them out of the trees. That's a crappy job, is it not? Anyway, so they had a, was it a reverse boycott last night in Oakland? Reverse boycott. And the idea is no one's been going to the last place A's games all year anyway. So as part of a reverse boycott, uh, the Oakland A's fans would show up. So they played a massive stadium, which was added on to when the Raiders came back from L.A. when they built... um, this gargantuan third level out in center field. It's called Mount Davis. And nobody sits there. So here's the problem. I just, 
I, I obviously all of us grew up who grew up in the eighties remember the Bash Brothers. If you're in the seventies, you remember Reggie Jackson and those Oakland A's teams. Um, and you know, because of the popularity of the book Moneyball and the movie Moneyball and the success at times of this baseball club, the A's have always been kind of part of the baseball conversation. But like, w- w- what are we doing here? Base sports is in fact a business and it's really weird. Like the Warriors left a couple years ago and granted they only went across the Bay, but they're never coming back and they can wear, you know, Oakland on their jerseys, but they're in San Francisco. It's an absolute game changer in terms of the value of the franchise, as well as the money that you can bring in. If you're mad at the A's, you should be really mad at the Warriors, but you're not. The, the Warriors, I believe, made $750 million off their non-basketball revenue last year. Why? Because they have a new arena that they own, and they're able to charge the nose because they're in San Francisco, which is, uh, which is incredibly powerful and popular real estate. You know, there's a reason that the Niners, when looking to build a new stadium, did not, even though the Raiders were leaving, they wanted nothing to do with Oakland. It's just financially, it's not reasonable to be in that city. They've lost the NFL. They've lost the NBA. They're going to lose Major League Baseball. And even on a day when all of these people called for, hey, just in a rare twist, it costs you nothing. It's a last place game, but we're going to show them what we're made of. 27,000 people showed up. You do realize that you didn't, you reiterated and doubled down on every thought that anybody has about keeping a team in Oakland. Of course, it's about the stadium, but at some point, Whoever's owned the franchise has said it doesn't really matter the, the stadium. We can't make money here or the type of money that we want to make. And we're in this weird time where or this weird time where like. So if you own a franchise worth over a billion dollars, you're not supposed to make it profitable. I, I don't understand. Buyer, help me out. When you watched the reverse boycott last night, and and just so you're aware, like Buyer and I and Jay Stu Ramos, I don't think you'll find a show that has a collection of bigger baseball fans, maybe outside of like East Coast-based shows where people talk. We don't talk about baseball because baseball and national sports radio are just not that popular, right? But this is an interesting topic. It's like, of all the teams to do a reverse boycott and to really protest and get mad about them leaving, why the A's and not the Raiders or the Warriors? Because you're the last ones to go? And by the way, you should have been the first ones to go. They don't draw well. Yes, the stadium's a dump, but you can't make money on that team. Not nearly the money you can make in Vegas or in Nashville or in Montreal or wherever else. Baseball knows it as well. That's why baseball, by all reports, they're not even going to charge them a relocation fee. Let's get them the hell out of Oakland and pretend like we're really sad. Nobody's really sad. It's a a weird market. You just can't make as much money there as you can in other places. And the NFL got out. The NBA got out. Why is Major League Baseball the bad guys for getting out? Byer, you got any idea? Well, I, I will say this. It is it would be increasingly frustrating if I was a fan 
to have ownership in the front office dismantle the teams like they have over the past how many years? When you have young stars, even you know as recently as Matt Olson and and Matt Chapman and those guys that ended up moving on, there was never a time to gain any sort of momentum to to have a winner. The facility is awful by all accounts from everything we've heard, including the broadcast booth where there was a raccoon or whatever. But I just I feel it's a lot to ask the fans to continue to spend the money on a team that continues to be dismantled. I don't I used to think that they were just bandwagon fans and I don't know if I got older and just felt differently and maybe was more conscious of spending a buck and that it was maybe about more than sports but they gave them no reason to show up to the ballpark for the last 5 or 10 years. No question. I think that's fair. Um, but I don't even think it mattered that much if they do show up. Right, that's only a fraction of what it takes to make money. It's just not a, uh, you know, like for people who don't know, my sister used to be second in charge of marketing with the Raiders, and when they moved from L.A. to Oakland, you know, it it, it did not take a long time before they when they making calls on corporations like, look, we'd love to do business with you, but you're not in San Francisco, so you don't hit our target demo. Just the socioeconomic background of people who go to A's games, Raiders games, even Warriors games in Oakland is not where where the high level advertising dollars are, marketing dollars are. It's it it really is that simple, and uh, it's it's a weird thing. It's I you know I I wish I could explain it in any other way, but it is about the money. But people oftentimes it's like, well, it's bad what they're doing in tearing it down. And this year is obviously a pathetic joke. There have been other years where they've been at least competitive. But they're bottoming out, I think, with the idea of you go to Vegas, new stadium, new money, and now you go and spend and, oh yeah, by the way, you load up your farm system so it's all ready to go. What about you, Jay Stu? You're kind of a baseball historian. Are, Are you in any way negative about the A's organization moving? No, I think it'll be good for baseball. Um, it'll be interesting for Las Vegas that has a lot of momentum going for it. Um, the A's have had decades, literally decades, to figure out the stadium situation. And that has just been a dog crap um, situation from the very beginning. And the A's fans, and I don't know how many there are, if there if there are 24,000 A's fans, that's a surprise to me, Um they have nothing to complain about. You could be sad, but you also have an hour trip to Vegas. That's a that's a real nice Southwest flight. Oh, I agree there. Um, and I don't know why anybody would go to. What's the most baseball games you've ever gone to in a year? Three, probably. Jay Stu, probably twenty. Dodger games. Mostly, yeah, yeah. Because you worked for the Dodgers Network. <laughs> yeah, that was that was an easy time to go to games. But, but even twenty, been... like even twenty, that's a lot, right? That's a lot. That's like, whew, that's an investment. I mean, honestly, I would guess even free tickets. Did you have free parking? In that situation, yes, I did. Okay. I mean, like, look, even if you get free tickets, if you had to pay for parking. It's an expensive night. Like, I've just I've never understood the baseball regular season ticket holder thing. 
I'm with Byer. I love baseball. I can watch it every night at home. And if I go a couple times a year, it, it feels special to me. Like, I don't understand what the, what the big loss is. Are you talking about recently or just in my lifetime? In my, like, since I was... In your lifetime. What's the most The most I went was... I just want to know 1984 specifically. (laughs) Uh, We used to go to about 40... It's half the home games of the Dodgers. 40s? Yeah. Dodger games? How many home games are there? 80... Season tickets? My parents, we bought at least one ticket for each series uh, when when I was like 10 to like 18 years old. We went to every every like Sunday Dad game. Got a doctor? What's that? No, we just it was very. It wasn't. It was. Ex- in, it, it was. Really, it was really expensive. It wasn't expensive. It was like nineteen seventy seven to like nineteen eighty nine, nineteen ninety. Okay, so but if you bought, t- did that mean you went to all those games? Yes, me and my mom and dad went to every every at least one home series every the whole se- season. So half of the eighty two games it does feel like at some point it's like going to church. Like oh, God, <laughs> we gotta go to. We would show up at like the game. It was like let's say it was a one o'clock start game on Sunday. We'd show up like at ten in the morning, and we'd really? get in. Yeah. We just would sit there, we'd eat, we'd watch batting practice. Um, it was a big part of my childhood. It was it was awesome. Okay, so are you should we be sad that the Oakland A's will be no more? A little bit. Yeah. I do think they have a rich history in Oakland. They have three World four World Series actually, including many great players that went through there and Reggie Jackson and the greatness of Charles Finley, even though he kind of started the whole, one of the whole thing about, you know, getting rid of guys with free agency with Catfish Hunter and stuff like that. So, um, but yes, there should be a little bit of... First sports book I ever read was Catfish Hunter's autobiography. Yeah. I mean, he left to go to the Yankees for $3 yes. million. Dollars, Correct. And that was a lot of money back in 1977. Yeah, by, by many people's estimation, everybody says Kurt Flood, but uh, uh, Catfish Hunter was the first true free agent and free agent signing in, in Major League Baseball history. Um, yeah, like, look, I, I, I think it's okay to be sad, but to sit here and, and fight the fact that, like, there's obviously a reason that all of these teams are leaving. And sure. and And look, a lot of it is the stadium, right? Like, people are like, oh, I liked Oracle better. Like, come on, man. But but the, the reality is that when they didn't win, the Warriors for 40 years didn't draw. They just didn't. The Raiders never drew particularly well. Like, oh, the black hole. Like, yeah, go look up in, in, uh, at Mount Davis, the top of the stadium. wasn't full. And the A's have not traditionally drawn well. Now, could you build a new stadium? Like, yeah, but that's a little bit of lipstick on a pig. And you'd make more money. Hey. Right? But it would, you're still not going to fill up the stadium and you're not going to be able to get the non-baseball revenue the way that you would when you're in Vegas. It's a, sports is a business. And look, there's a balance between you have to stay loyal to the city and the city has to stay loyal to you. And I've said this before about this is San Diego. I feel no sympathy for San Diego. I understand that when they lost the Chargers... Um, the, the, the mayor was a, the mayor was being investigated and it was a joke, but you, you had like a decade there to build a stadium and they said, we want our stadium to be in downtown. And like, well, you know, you got to pay for more of it. Like, no, you don't for, for eight games a year. Nah, you pay for it. You're going to get the economic benefits of it. But like real civic leaders, like you got to find a way to build a stadium to keep a team and the, and Oakland did a bad job of it for a long time. The demo of the city isn't great. Clearly can't support high, high level 
uh, sports teams. And so you've already lost two, and now it feels like you're wrapping your arms around the Oakland A's because they're the last one to go. They're gone. And I actually think it hurts your point to go like, okay, this is a game we're all going to show up as a reverse boycott. And you put 27,000 people in the place. 27,000 people in the place. Like, I, again, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be completely honest with you. The, the Angels have been poorly run for 20 years. Okay. Now, they're playing well. I almost feel bad about mentioning it. They've won eight of the last nine games, including taking the first two from the Rangers in their series. But, Jay Stu, how many people do the, the Angels put in their building every year? A lot, right? Three million. Yeah. Every year. Every year. You know, and the ownership, uh, the Artie Moreno doesn't even want to call it Anaheim. He wants nothing to do with Orange County. He tries to call it L.A. Doesn't matter. Three million people show up. They're good. They're bad. Three. And I, I, I don't like giving money to a bad team. I love Mike Trout and watching him and Shohei play. But the point is that certain markets can support it. Certain markets can't. And at the end of the day, it's not a charity. It's a business. And you're kind of making the point of the business if in the one night where you're like, hey, tonight's the night, tickets are like nothing, everybody show up and 27,000 people show up. It's not personal. It's strictly business. Correct. Correct. Thank you, Michael. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. What up, fam? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio, broadcasting live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrac.com, while we get there, unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, over 10,000 recommended installers, Tyrac.com, the way tire buying should be. Uh, got a good hour for you. We'll do some Embiid Jokic uh, debate with uh, Doc Rivers' comments. We got a little two lies, one cup as the Stanley Cup finals came, I believe, to an end. We'll find out how so. And uh, we got NBA players may or may not be on the trade blocks. Right, that's the that's the state of the year we're in. Tomorrow we'll be out the U.S. Open, thanks to Dan Beyer. Uh, I'm with I'm with the buyer. Put put it on the buyer tab. That's what I'm going to say tomorrow. It's like the Underhill account um, with Fletch. Put it in the buyer account. Take a steak sandwich with a steak sandwich. Uh, I saw this tweet. I just wanted you guys. I don't know who this is. Hold on. Okay, before we get to that. I saw this tweet. I, I kind of wanted. Ashley, this could be a really good midway if we hadn't planned out the midway. Somebody named Ashley St. Clair. I don't know. She looks like a young woman who a lot of politically based tweets. Anyway, she says, uh, I'll never understand men's obsessions with sports. How not to get a date in 2023. Right. Um, hmm. God, that could be a good midway. Couldn't it? I actually think it, it it's part and parcel of it. Like, look, you even heard it earlier on the show. John Ramos was like, look, this is a big part of my childhood. My mom, dad, and I used to go to 40 Dodger games a year, get there three hours early. Like, that's his childhood. My childhood, and I'm, I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore baseball fan, but I used to go to Angel Games, $5 sit out in the family section, and then you could sneak in, get autographs. Uh, I actually snuck into the Angels dugout one time after a game just to get Jim Abbott's autograph. And then, of course, I've often shared, you know, my basketball tales. We all are huge sports fans. But if you don't understand it, I don't know. Was it from uh, uh, Ted Lasso? Football is life. Right? Um, I, I think this is a really good. So what we do in the middle of the week, in the middle of the show, in the middle of the day is something called the Midway. The Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for. The Midway. So, um, because I think of that question, right? Somebody named Ashley saying, I don't get guys' obsession with sports. Combined with the fact we're going to the U.S. Open, led a Dan Beyer to tweet, to text us, right? It was your idea, correct? I looked at my text. I it was Jason's idea. It was Jason's idea? But it was on the heels of something that I said recently. Okay, go ahead with the idea. Jason, you want to take the idea on how it uh, popped up in your head? We were talking uh, on the air, I think it was last week, when Doug was uh, was traveling. And Dan said, Dan uh, repeated a story that he said was the greatest like couple days of his entire career. And it included the Rocco Mediate uh, Tiger Woods uh, golf major. Um I was inspired to be like, you know what? 
We should talk about our great, our greatest golf experience. And this could be you were covering a golf event, you went to a golf event, or you actually had this amazing round somewhere cool and something cool happened. Um, John Ramos says that he doesn't have one of these, but I'm I'm not going to let him off the hook. I'm going to give him five minutes to think of something cool on a golf course. If anything, he can go back to our golf experience where he uh, spilled water <laughs> all over the uh, the front of the bar. Um, at I the, think being uh, bored and left-handed jet. obviously is a yeah. big part and of it. He's left-handed. So yeah. um, at the very least, John will tell that story again, which is a real knee slapper. So, all right, so sh- well, sh- share with me yours, Dan, because that's the impetus of this. Yeah, so when I look back on my broadcasting career, like the number one moment did span a couple of days. It was when Tiger Woods and Rocco Mediate ended up having the Monday playoff at the U.S. Open. Doug, if you remember, at the same time, the Celtics and Lakers were playing in the NBA Finals. It was 2008. So, I was in Boston for Games 1 and 2, came back here to L.A. for Games 3 and 4, then drove down to San Diego, La Jolla, to take in the U.S. Open. But I didn't know, we didn't know, no one knew if the series was going to go back to Boston for a Game 6 until Sunday night with their Game 5. And, of course, the lead-in to that Sunday night game was maybe not on the same TV networks. can't remember where the networks were at that time. But Tiger and Rocco going down to the wire and Tiger hitting that putt at the U.S. Open to force the Monday playoff. And there is no more Monday playoff. So, on Monday, took in the Tiger-Rocco playoff, drove back up to L.A., emptied out my suitcase. Emptied it out. Hopped on a plane to Boston, and then the next night watched the Celtics uh, win an NBA title at home over the Lakers. So it's the greatness of Tiger Woods and where that major stands, plus a Lakers-Celtics final. You can't get any better than that. And to see that happen in a span of about 36 hours on two different coasts, opposite ends of the country, is my like highlight of my broadcasting career. Um, okay, Jay Stu, you're up. Okay, so... Um, I'm awful at golf. Each of you could could say that. You know, Correct. maybe you don't say it to my face, but I'm bad at golf. But hey, Jason, yeah, you're awful at golf. Okay, cool. Um, I agree. But the cool the cool thing about my career is that I've I've met some pretty cool people that have had money. Yeah. And a friend of a friend is a uh, member at Bel Air. Bel Air Country Club here in Los Angeles, very exclusive. I think Al Michaels goes there. Uh, Jerry West. To name a couple. Um, and he invited me to do a round at Bel Air. Here's the problem Bel Air has caddies. Yeah. And not caddies for the group, like not one caddy for a caddy for each individual. Oh, yeah. And if you've seen my game, there's nothing a caddy's going to do to help me. Like to tell me to aim a certain way or to gauge the wind, or maybe you want to use this. But, you know, I, I just kind of grab a club and, and hit it, you know, keep it moving. Uh, this poor caddy followed me around for 18 rounds, but the guy who who told me the the day at Bel Air is on me because I did him a favor. It's on me. So he bought me drinks. He bought me uh, the obviously the round, whatever it is. And then at the end of the round, he I say, uh, you know, how much should we tip the caddy? This guy told me up front the day is on me. How much should we tip the caddy? He's like, you know what? Just give him a hundred bucks. 
Now, you know, I've been playing. I, I've on, done that. Before. I've been there before. Yeah, I've done that. I've been playing on I, dog tracks for most of my life, and a hundred right. bucks like, is about as much as I spend on a round of golf. That's a lot of money. No, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> I, I got it. Go ahead. But compared to the cost of the entire day, no I think question. that hundred bucks was. But you weren't expecting it, right? Exactly. Uh, that happened to me. Exactly. That happened to me. I, I played with some of the CBS guys. We played at Darien Country Club. One of the executives of CBS like invited me, and he's like, "Don't worry about it." It's on me. I'm like, all right. So I'm at like, I don't know, 40 bucks in my, my pocket or whatever, you know, like, I don't know. And, you know, he's like, hey, make sure, you know, got to wear pants. And because uh, usually I go, I, I go off naked, obviously. Um, but no, we, we played. It was me, Jay Feely, a couple other dudes. And and they were really good golfers. And it was a great conversation. Then they got got back. Like, all right, you got to tip the cat. He's like, all right, so what do I tip him? Like, I don't know. A couple hundred bucks. Like, what? Excuse me? <laughs> what? I thought the day was on you. I've I've been there before. Um, best golf experience. But by the wow. way, the Bel Air Country Club is an amazingly aesthetic like course. Yes, it, it, I I'll never forget it. So well, the the great thing when you play those real courses, you know, and then you're like, the rough is kind of like the fairways where I play. <laughs> And then people will tell you, like, man, these things are really rolling fast. I mean, you barely tap the ball. It's like, uh, how do they make these putts? I have such incredible respect for the. Um, I would say it's a really hard one. But I'm just going to tell you, like, I have five of my best relationships in, in the world of sports. Dan, come from a golf course. Like, I do... Uh, I do college basketball games for Compass Media Networks. Peter Kosan, it's his company. I met him 15 years ago. My old agent, a guy named Steve Hers, invited me to play golf. Uh, it wasn't Wingfoot. It was one. It was a country club they belonged to. It's right next to Wingfoot. There's a bunch of really nice courses right there. And I play golf with a guy named Peter Kosan. We have a great talk. And his... You know, he was telling me like his business model, which he had just started the business, I think, where it was like, hey, we're buying NFL rights for teams out of their traditional market. Right. So like they started, I think, with the Raiders and the Cowboys and they're such they own the radio rights, but not within the DFW, not within what was L.A. or Oakland. Right. And it's nationally. And he built his business on. It. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. Fast forward, like 10 years later, I start working for the guy. Um, I met Darius Rucker. Uh, at his concert, but we built a friendship at his golf tournament, and I get to play with him, around with him, like on a Friday, his golf tournament's on, uh, it's called Monday After the Masters, so I think we played on a Saturday. Flew in, played golf, with, and like, you know, you spend a 18 holes with a person, and you you know them, right? You, you really, really know them. Um, but I would say my best... Uh, Scott, Scott Stallings was my part, playing partner. Uh, our, I think our best, my best experience, though, was when we won the Farmers Insurance uh, Pro-Am. Yes. You and Dan? Yeah. And, and there's two parts to it. Okay? Where, where was it? At Torrey Pines. On the South Course, we played the harder course. Yes, we the, won it. There was there was a, there was a group that had a shot better than us, but they played the North Course. Played the North Course, much easier. And we kind of had a ringer, like the head of uh, what was she? The head of for Farmers? She was like their lawyer, Denise. Yes, Denise. Denise was awesome. Like she was killing it. She just she put that thing in the fairway every single time. Um, but I'll tell you why it was great. One because. Uh, 
I was decent, right? And like, you never want to be the very worst or like, ugh, ugh, the worst. But we didn't actually, C.T. Pan was our pro and he didn't actually help us. No, I don't think we ever used his it. ball. He admitted huh? it. He said he was playing like bleep, he yeah. told me. Yes. Yeah, it was bad. So there's the pro was bad. I was relatively decent. There was, Denise was killing it. Bayer was like in his element. Like completely in his, and his game was so good that day. But I also have to back it up with the year before we go down to Torrey Pines and the night before, like we're playing the group after Tiger and I got all banged up with a bunch of sponsors. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I was hammered. And the next day I was in, I was in no shape to play golf. Which takes a lot, right? Like, you can play golf pretty much in any state except for the one that I was in. Where I was still, <laughs> like, if I, if I burped, my breath would have caught fire. Like, because I was just like, I don't know, it was a fun trip. We're having a great time. And I had too much to drink. I mean, I, I was right there at the, what's that, the clubhouse call where you, you sleep there? It's like the, I don't know, it's the cabins or whatever. It's really cool. Um, Does and that- I was so bad, Jay Stu. Like, I was so bad and I felt bad and it was cold and there's this gigantic group of Tiger fans like the last thing I want to do is hit one of them because my drive goes astray (laughs) right so I had the next year like I worked on my game a little bit I got to sleep I felt good I was in a good place we played the harder course our pro didn't help us Dan was on his game Denise was amazing and we won it was pretty awesome. I, I will also say this, because I know pro-ams are pricey. They, they really are. Going to Augusta is worth every penny. And if you could get a group of guys, or if you're in the business, get a group of people together to get a foursome for a pro-am at a PGA Tour event... I know it's pricey, but the swag that you get, the opportunities that you get, just to do it once is worth it. It, it, it really is. And you know what else was awesome about it, Doug? Was... Seeing the leaderboard, like we're tracking our team, and I remember looking, being like, "Wow, we got a couple of holes where we can gain shots here, and we're only two shots back." So that was all a part of it. You actually felt like you were a real player because they were putting the scores of the pro am up on the boards all across the course. It's a great, great, great point. Great point. I'd also, I'd also add to it uh, another great experience is. I've only belonged to one country club. Uh, I belong to two. But the first one I belonged to is in Oklahoma City, Twin Hills, and great club specials. I still, if somebody's listening and knows how you make that club special, please tweet me at Gottlieb Show. It's just nothing like it. Nothing like golf in Oklahoma, super hot on a summer day, and your significant other's by the pool, and you get done playing, you got a little, got a little sweat going, you order a couple club specials, like that's good living. But still, it doesn't compare to the, that, that one day at Torrey. On the south course, the south course, by the way, which comes full circle with what Dan's greatest time in broadcasting, yes. which was the south course in Tiger Woods and, and, uh, and his incredible, miraculous win with a, what do you have? Do you have a, a broken leg? A yes. torn Achilles yeah, torn and a knee lig- problem? Torn ligaments in his knee and yeah. Yeah, broken leg. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's great. It's great you could go anywhere. Uh, John, have you, uh, have you come upon you come up with anything? No, I mean, that was I mean, that was the only one I had. I really don't. When I was a kid once, we went. The Midway. <laughs> the Midway. 
When I was a kid once, we'd go down to a par three course when I was in eighth grade and just like wreak havoc on the course. You know, like we weren't there to play. We were there to like see if we could screw around the entire time we were there. So I don't know if that's interesting at all. But that's Here's about one. It. Tustin, t- I, I, you, Tustin Ranch Golf Course. The sixth hole, I believe, was the like party spot my senior year. Right? You'd like hop the fence, go there, and like you'd you'd go and the girls would have Boone's Farm wine and the guys would have St. Ides. That was a uh, then the cops shook us down, we were going back to the cars. That that was a good time at the golf course. You can steal that one day. You can steal, right. John, you can tell that story. I will. back as a kid, I was at Pasadena Country Club and we'd sneak <laughs> out of the sixth hole. Pasadena Country Club. <laughs> the midwife. I love how none of us had any like um, hole in ones. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> yes. No. I don't have one. I, I do not. No. I'm. I'm just happy when I hit the ball. No, but when you have one of those good rounds, because it used when you first start playing golf, it's just like one good shot. You're like, oh, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you have like a good round, now you're like, I, I can actually play this thing. And then you come back the next day and you're horrific. You're like, hey, maybe not. There's nothing better, and again, I know not everybody gets to go and play, you know, some of the courses we've mentioned. But if you do get an opportunity, take a, you know, bucket list trip to Pebble Beach or do something like that, like to be able to hit a shot, you know, landing it on the green on the par three seventh at Pebble Beach, you know, stuff like that is, you know, what people love and dream of, and to be able to do it, that those are the things that uh, also make memories. I don't know if I told you this one, Dan, but I was supposed to uh, Safeway, you guys know Safe, mm-hmm. Safeway, the grocery store, right? It's grocery store chain. So they used to have the Safeway Invitational. I think they still have, but it was a, if you were, Trey Wingo used to be the guy who'd create the list for him. <laughs> and uh, it was one year, it was, it was probably... Who played in the 2010 NBA Finals? Lakers Celtics. Yeah. It was either 2010 or 2011 that I got invited to the Safeway Invitational. And so it is at, there's uh, two courses. Oh, man. They have like military names. They're up. Anyway, so part of the sale is like, hey, look, we're going to fly you in, put you up in a really cool hotel. You play one of the courses. If you play morning, then the afternoon will set you up at Cypress. The next day, if you play morning, we'll set you up at Pebble. So you'll play like four rounds of golf, two here with you know some of our um, some of our clientele, and then we'll set you up to go play with you know all the celebs can go out and play these other courses. And so I flew in, and I mean it's beautiful at this hotel. And I remember I was in this room. And Wingo knows everybody, everybody. Plus, it's a really cool, like, you actually get paid some money as well to show up. So, you're getting paid to play golf, and we're watching NBA games, and there's, like, you know, Barry Sanders and Marcus Allen, and, you know, like, you name the non-everybody about baseball players because it was summer, right? Um, They're all, all the celebrities are there, and you're just like, and they're all asking you, we're talking about basketball, we're watching the games, incredible. So I'm, then I was psyched. I'm like, dude, I'm going to play Cyprus today. I was I play afternoon flight, so I was going to play Cyprus in the morning, and then the, the following afternoon I was going to play Pebble. Right? Wow. Yeah. Jeez. And I woke up the next morning, and it is raining like you wouldn't believe. And I had a great time. I played. I only played the two courses. God, I'll, I'll have to look up what they're called. Um, I didn't get to play it either because the rain was so substantial. I did. I did play 
uh, at the Safeway Invitational and got some good swag, got a little cash, played with a couple of their vendors, which are great guys. Didn't get to play those two courses. Silverado Country Club? Does that sound familiar? Sounds like What are the two courses called? No, they have the you North know? Course and I would assume the South Course. Yeah, but I think they had names. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll have to look it's at it. It's up in Napa, right? Uh, no, it's not Napa. No, this is this is right there in uh, Pebble, right there in Monterey. Oh well, that's then maybe maybe a spyglass. No, you can Spanish. play you can play any of the any of the special ones, mm-hmm. right? They would set you up in, in at. I'll I'll find it. Okay, I'll, I, I'll find right. it. I'll report the back. Safeway was at is up in Napa. That's where it is. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Casting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The fresh, the fresh sprint of Irish Spring, and those sensational Irish Spring suds. Oh, took a shower this morning with my Irish Spring. 
God, it smells good and feels good. Reset your own day, Irish Spring. When the spring hits you, you're ready. Pick up Irish Spring at your local retailer today. Mark Medina joins us, Fox Sports Radio NBA Insider. And uh, Mark, the uh, if you've been listening to the show, and I, I know you tweeted out, uh, Dan Byer's been updating us. Brad Beal, um, open to the possibility of a trade, in case he's got the only no-trade clause in the NBA, open to a trade if the Wizards choose to reset the roster. And if we go back a week ago, Mike Winger, who was brought over from the Clippers, is running the organization, has been given carte blanche to reset the roster. So it, it feels like this is going to happen. What do you think the probability is that Brad Beal has traded this offseason? Yeah, it's a good question. I think it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when. I don't have confidence that it will happen this offseason. Here's why. I've been told for what it's worth that how these conversations came to be is, you know, look, Michael Winger, Travis Schlenk, they're new to the front office. They're trying to get to know everyone and talk to people, including Bradley Beal. So it was about kind of laying the lands- out the landscape, getting a sense of expectations. And that's where it came up. If they decide to rebuild, you know, how would Bradley feel about and he mentioned about, you know, wanting to work with him about trade destinations. But for what it's worth, I have been told it was stressed that neither the Wizards nor Bradley Beal's camp were pushing, hey, we got to end this, right? But it has to always require a first step for that relationship to end, and this very well could be that. And when you look at Michael Winger's history with the Clippers, you know, he was part of them, you know, getting Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. He was very much of the mind of there's a lot of value in collecting assets, whether it's draft picks good role players. When Travis Schlenk took over the Atlanta Hawks, um, you know, he blew up the roster. And I remember talking to him at the time. He felt like, uh, you know, the Hawks' best days were behind him. That, those were the years of, you know, the, the no-stats all-stars, so to speak, of, you know, the Kyle Corvers of the world and Dwight Howard's uh, time there. And he felt like, well, they're just going to be mediocre. What's the point of running that back? So they, those two people in particular very much have a history of not being afraid to start from scratch and looking at value in collecting assets. So I do think it'll happen, but whether it's this offseason or not, who knows, but it was very important to have this conversation knowing they're first there to start out. They want to get to know everyone and we have the draft coming up and that's always an opportunity for trades. They want to get in the top three of the draft. Portland has a top three draft pick. Portland's trying to hold on to, to Damian Lillard. Is that is that a reasonable destination? It is a reasonable destination, but I don't think Portland's gotten to the point where they will trade Damian Lillard. Maybe Damian has mentioned Miami Heat as a nice destination, but I would be very surprised that whether it involves Bradley Beal or anyone that they deal Damian. But you know, you look at I'm the, saying to add two Damian Lillard to, oh, to add bring two, yeah, add two. Um, it could work. I just don't know what. You know the the Wizards would get in return. That's a value, right? Um, and I think the tricky part of this no trade clause is there's no, there's no way around it. The, the Wizards aren't going to get equal, you know, cents on the dollar here. But when it comes to finding a trade that's somewhat reasonable, Bradley Beal not only can veto it if he doesn't like the trade, but if it gets to the point where that team's gutting the roster to get him, he might think, well, I'm just playing on the Wizards again, right, with no one around me, so he can nix that. Um, 
So, yeah, I think that they can play well together. Uh, I would suspect that Damian would, would still be the number one guy. And, you know, they've he shared a backcourt, much of a lesser caliber player with C.J. McCollum. But I, I don't see what else Portland has of value that would make it worth for the Wizards to go down that road. Um, uh, okay. What's the latest on Kyrie Irving? Um, the latest is I think that he winds up in a Mavericks uniform, but the point of contention is going to be length and number. And I think that Kyrie, from the time with uh, you know his breakup with Brooklyn, the point of contention was he viewed his, himself as a max player. He should have gotten the multi-year extension. When that didn't happen, uh, he decided to leave. And in this case, I don't know what the better alternatives are, right? Because he's already alienated basically the entire league. You know, I know that this whole pipe dream of you know, trying to convince LeBron to come to the Mavs. That's never going to happen. Um, I also think it's never going to happen of him coming to the Lakers, partly because Kyrie's not going to accept any kind of discount deal. But even if it did, you know, I think the Lakers, staying back to the trade deadline, have been about, look, we want to have guys that we know are going to be available on a consistent basis because we've, we're already dealing with the unknowns with LeBron, you know, getting older and, and entering his 21st season, Anthony Davis's injury history. So I think with all that said, Kyrie winds up staying put with Dallas, but I think the larger part is what else do they build around him and Luka? Because in fairness to Kyrie, I'd been told from the very beginning throughout this season that obviously they missed the playing tournament, but there weren't a lot of issues internally as far as how Kyrie's presence in the locker room was. It was really just they didn't have enough of a supporting cast. And at this point, you know, Luka's not talking about, well, if you don't improve the roster enough, I want to get out of here. But if it goes down that road where it's just patchworking random nice role players together, but that ultimately doesn't mean much, I do wonder if he reaches a breaking point. Uh, Okay, so what do the Lakers do? Um, I think that there's a few low-hanging fruits uh, here. Austin Reeves, Rui Achimura coming back. They're restricted. They do like their upside. They are aware, though, that they're probably going to get a lot of interest. And then after that, it's how do they manage the salary cap. And they don't have a lot of other resources to get. They do like D'Angelo Russell on one hand because he's continuity. He helped revamp the offense. If it is a cap-friendly figure uh, because of depressed interest in the market, they could do that, but if he gets lucrative offers elsewhere, um, I think that they'll just say, hey, nice knowing you, and then uh, at that point, maybe see if they can do some sign-in trades, but I think that while everything is fluid and everything's on the table, and they'll certainly explore trade possibilities, it just seems like they're very much erring on valuing continuity versus let's try to get a third star or anything else because of what they've seen this past year when you don't have depth putting it in the hands of LeBron and AD being healthy on a consistent basis just hasn't happened, and there's no reason to think that'll happen again next season. Okay, Um, you got the Warriors. Um, You have a new general manager, right? You have new leadership. You got the Draymond Green decision. Uh, Apparently now that they, it looks like that they want to they want to hang on to some of the pieces that people thought they would part with. What are the Warriors looking at? Yeah, well, first with the draft, 19th pick, as you know, Doug, like mid-first-round picks are not game-changers, and you know sometimes it's like whoever's available. But I wouldn't be surprised that if they find players of equal value in that 19th pick, maybe they lean more toward – 
people who are experienced because of the idea that they already dealt with learning curves the past few years and they want to try to maximize Steph and Clay and Draymond's window. Um, but the bigger portions about Draymond, if he's if he opts out, which very well likely might happen, they do want to keep him, but it's just a matter of what the dollar number looks like. And it's not even just Draymond Green's value at this time of his age of his career. It's also just the luxury tax implications. And while the Warriors have never been a team that wanted to say, hey, we, we are going to prioritize business decisions over basketball decisions, the, the reality is this. With the CBA, like you can almost multiply seven times one. So every $1 million you're spending, it's going to be seven extra that they're spending on the luxury tax. And then the other part is uh, with Clay Thompson, I don't think that they're going to extend him this summer. They do like him. You know, they want to keep riding that train. But I think because he has one year left on his contract, he didn't have the best year this past season. And, you know, wanting to see how he's continuing to overcome his injuries, they feel like, let's just ride out this season and then we'll have those conversations next summer. And then with Jordan Poole, uh, I don't think that they're looking to trade him just for the sake of it or addition by subtraction. I do think that they give him credit for his role in the title last season, his role for at least being professional after the Draymond punch. At the end of the day, they got to the second round. Now, that being said, they are mindful of his inconsistencies. So with that, they're certainly not beholden to him. Part of the reason why they did the extension in the first place is you know, not only did they have confidence in his upside, but they also thought that that would give them flexibility for possible deals down the line. So they'll certainly be aggressive, listen to offers, but Jordan Poole will only not be in a Warriors uniform if they wind up getting a significant deal of substance as opposed to just dumping salary or addition by subtraction. Yeah, I think it's it one of those deals where it looks like a ton of money now, and it, it really is in like everyday money, but the more the new deals come in, the more it'll actually be a little, you know, it, it will be substantially less than the, the top-level deals if you can think you can make him into a starter. Um, there's some talk about Zion Williamson potentially yeah. being moved. Is that a reality? It very well could be a reality. I, I mean, I know that David Griffin, he's very aggressive and trying to get draft picks and all that. And uh, look, uh, you got Scoot Henderson potentially available. Maybe they'll go for it. But with, with Zion... I also don't know if you know teams like Portland or Charlotte would want him because of his unknown injury history. And it's very interesting because prior to this past season, the Pelicans were very bullish on a number of things. They were optimistic that his injuries are behind him. They, they felt like he was coachable and he's doing all the right things as far as learning to unshed bad habits from conditioning, training, dietary standpoint. And they do feel like he's a good guy. But clearly, that discipline hasn't been there and being able to be consistent. And when it comes to availability, look, like the off the court stuff is some something else. And, you know, look, I think that that's more of a private thing. And I don't think it's going to even enter the equation. But to be clear, I wouldn't be surprised that they include him in possibilities just because they've never known if he can be consistently healthy. And given his track record since entering the NBA, you have to assume that you're, he's not going to be consistently available. Bruce Brown's the only, like, I don't want to say question mark, but the only guy that potentially could leave the Nuggets. Feels like the Nuggets, and I'm, I'm very much against any dynasty talk. It does feel <laughs> like they're, they're a team that, while winning a championship, you could essentially expect 
the same roster and maybe some additions in terms of depth in the regular season coming up next year. Yeah, well, look, uh, their whole starting five's under contract next season, so I'm with you. It's too early to say dynasty talk. When you look at the history of the league, I think, what, the Celtics, the Lakers, the Warriors, the Cavs, or not the Cavs, the Rockets, and the Bulls are the only teams to ever repeat, so it's hard to do that, number one. But number two, I think that, uh, you know, Bruce Brown, he told the Denver Post he wants to come back, so they have the core pieces in play, and I would handicap the odds for them to repeat because they're all in their prime. They got continuity. There's so many un- other unknowns with the other possible contenders with Boston and Milwaukee and I guess the Clippers and the Warriors. But you do have to also assume because it's the NBA, there's going to be changes this summer. Teams are going to make monumental moves or make incremental moves that change the championship landscape. So I'm with you. Um, too early for Dynasty talk, but not too early to think they are the favorites to win the title next season, but certainly not what it was with the Warriors, with Kevin Durant, where he felt like, oh, it's inevitable they're going to collect another one. It's it's the Nuggets number one and a handful of other teams in the mix, and depending on the offseason, maybe it's just a collection of parity among all those, including the Nuggets. He's the great Mark Medina. He joins us here on Fox Sports Radio as our NBA insider. Mark, you're the best. Really appreciate you joining us. Right back at you, my friend. Appreciate you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.